Unbound Theatre presents Sounds and Sweet Airs, the complete works of William Shakespeare. King John, Act 5. Thus have I yielded up into your hand a circle of my glory. Take again from this my hand, as holding of the Pope your sovereign greatness and authority. Now keep your holy word. Go meet the French, and from his holiness use all your power to stop their marches, for we are inflamed. Our discontented counties do revolt. Our people quarrel with obedience, swearing allegiance and the love of soul to stranger blood, to foreign royalty. This inundation of mistempered humour rests by you only to be qualified. Then pause not, for the present time's so sick that present medicine must be ministered, or overthrowing curable ensues. It was my breath that blew this tempest up upon your stubborn usage of the Pope. But since you are a gentle convertite, My tongue shall hush again this storm of war and make fair weather in your blustering land. On this ascension day, remember well, upon your oath of service to the Pope, go I to make the French lay down their arms. Is this ascension day? Did not the prophet say that before ascension day at noon my crown I should give off? Even so, I have. I did suppose it should be on constraint. But, heaven be thanked, it is but voluntary. All Kent hath yielded. Nothing there holds out but Dover Castle. London hath received, like a kind host, the Dauphin and his powers. Your nobles will not hear you, but are gone to offer service to your enemy, and wild amazement hurries up and down the little number of your doubtful friends. Would not my lords return to me again, after they heard young Arthur was alive? They found him dead and cast into the streets, an empty casket where the jewel of life by some damned hands was robbed and taken away. That villain Hubert told me he did live. So on my soul he did, for aught he knew. But wherefore do you droop? Why look you sad? Be great in act, as you have been in thought. Let not the world see fear and sad distrust govern the motion of a kingly eye. Be stirring as the time. Be fire with fire. Threaten the threatener and outface the brow of bragging horror. So shall inferior eyes that borrow their behaviours from the great grow great by your example and put on the dauntless spirit of resolution. Away! and glister like the god of war when he intendeth to become the field. Show boldness and aspiring confidence. What, shall they seek the lion in his den and fright him there, and make him tremble there? Or let it not be said, forage and run to meet displeasure farther from the doors and grapple with him ere he comes so nigh? The legate of the Pope hath been with me. And I have made a happy peace with him. And he hath promised to dismiss the powers led by the Dauphin. Oh, inglorious league. 
Shall we, upon the footing of our land, send fair play orders and make compromise, insinuation, parley and base truce to arms invasive? Shall a beardless boy, a cockered silken wanton, brave our fields, and flesh his spirit in a warlike soil, mocking the air with colours idly spread, and find no check? Let us, my liege, to arms! Perchance the cardinal cannot make your peace, or if he do, let it at least be said. They saw we had a purpose of defence. Have thou the ordering of this present time? Away then, with good courage. Yet I know our party may well meet a prouder foe. Lord Chatillon, let this be copied out, and keep it safe for our remembrance. Return the precedent to these lords again, that having our fair order written down, both they and we, perusing o'er these notes, may know wherefore we took the sacrament, and keep our faiths firm and inviolable. Upon our sides it never shall be broken. And, noble Dauphin, albeit we swear a voluntary zeal and an unurged faith to your proceedings, yet Believe me, Prince, I am not glad that such a sore of time should seek a plaster by contemned revolt, and heal the inveterate canker of one wound by making many. Oh, it grieves my soul that I must draw this metal from my side to be a widow-maker. But such is the infection of the time. That we, the sons and children of this isle, were born to see so sad an hour as this, wherein we step after a stranger, march upon her gentle bosom, and fill up her enemy's ranks. A noble temper dost thou show in this, and great affections wrestling in thy bosom doth make an earthquake of nobility. Oh, what a noble combat hast thou fought between compulsion and a brave respect. Lift up thy brow, renowned Salisbury, and with a great heart heave away the storm. Commend these waters to those baby eyes that never saw the giant world enraged. Come, come, for thou shalt thrust thy hand as deep into the purse of rich prosperity as Louis himself. So, nobles, shall you all that knit your sinews to the strength of mine. And even there, methinks, an angel spake. Look where the holy legate comes apace to give us warrant from the hand of heaven and on our actions set the name of right with holy breath. Hail, noble prince of France. The next is this. King John hath reconciled himself to Rome. His spirit is come in that so stood out against the holy church, the great metropolis and sea of Rome. Therefore thy threatening colours now wind up and tame the savage spirit of wild war, that like a lion fostered up at hand, it may lie gently at the foot of peace and be no further harmful than in show. Your grace shall pardon me. I will not back. I am too high-born to be propertied, to be a secondary at control, or a useful serving man, an instrument to any sovereign state throughout the world. Your breath first kindled the dead coals of war between this chastised kingdom and myself. 
and brought in matter that should feed this fire, and now it is far too huge to be blown out with that same weak wind which enkindled it. You taught me how to know the face of right, acquainted me with interest to this land, yea, thrust this enterprise into my heart. And come you now to tell me that John hath made his peace with Rome? What is that peace to me? I, by the honour of my marriage bed, after young Arthur, claim this land for mine. And now it is half conquered. Must I back? Because that John hath made his peace with Rome. Am I Rome's slave? What penny hath Rome borne? What men provided? What munition sent to underprop this action? Is not I that undergo this charge? Who else but I? And such as to my claim are liable, sweat in this business and maintain this war. Have I not heard these islanders shout out, Vive le Roy! as I have banked their towns? Have I not here the best cards for the game to win this easy match played for a crown? And shall I now give o'er the yielded set? <laughs> no. No, on my soul, it never shall be said. You look but on the outside of this work. Outside or inside, I will not return till my attempt so much be glorified as to my ample hope was promised before I drew this gallant head of war and culled these fiery spirits from the world to outlook conquest and to win renown even in the jaws of danger and of death. According to the fair play of the world, let me have audience. I am sent to speak. My holy lord of Milan, from the king I come to learn how you have dealt for him. And as you answer, I do know the scope and warrant limited unto my tongue. The noble Dauphin is too woeful opposite and will not temporize with my entreaties. He flatly says he'll not lay down his arms. By all the blood that ever fury breathed, the youth says well. Now, hear our English king. For thus his royalty doth speak in me. He is prepared, and reason too he should. This apish and unmannerly approach, this harness mask and unadvised revel, this unhaired sauciness and boyish troops, the king doth smile at, and is well prepared to whip this dwarfish war, these pygmy arms, from out the circle of his territories. That hand which had the strength, even at your door, to cudgel you and make you take the hatch. Shall that victorious hand be feebled here, that in your chambers give you chastisement? No. No, the gallant monarch is in arms, and like an eagle o'er his airy towers to soothe annoyance that comes near his nest. And you, degenerate, you ingrate revolts, you bloody Neros, ripping up the womb of your dear mother England, blush for shame for your own ladies and pale-visaged maids, like Amazons come tripping after drums, their thimbles into armed gauntlets change, their needles to lances, and their gentle hearts to fierce and bloody inclination. Fair end thy brave 
and turn thy face in peace. We grant thou canst outscold us. Fare thee well. We hold our time too precious to be spent with such a brab. Give me leave to speak. No, I will speak. We will attend to neither. Strike up the drums and let the tongue of war plead for our interest and our being here. Indeed, your drums being beaten will cry out, and so shall you being beaten. Do but start an echo with the clamour of thy drum, and even at hand a drum is ready braced. It shall reverberate all as loud as thine. Sound but another, and another shall as loud as thine rattle the welkin's ear and mock the deep-mouthed thunder. For at hand, trust into this halting legate here, whom he hath used rather for sport than need is warlike John, and in his forehead sits a bare-ribbed death, whose office in this day to feast upon whole thousands of the French. Strike up our drums to find this danger out. And thou shalt find it, Dauphin. Do not doubt. How goes the day with us? Oh, tell me, Hubert. Badly, I fear. How fares your majesty? This fever that hath troubled me so long lies heavy on me. Oh, my heart is sick. My lord, your valiant kinsman, Falconbridge, desires your majesty to leave the field and send him word by me which way you go. Tell him towards Swinstead, to the abbey there. Be of good comfort, for the great supply that was expected by the Dauphin here are wrecked three nights ago on Goodwin Sands. This news was brought to Richard, but even now, the French fight coldly and retire themselves. Ay me, this tyrant fever burns me up and will not let me welcome this good news. Set on towards Swinstead, my litter straight, weakness possesseth me, and I am faint. I did not think the king so stored with friends. Oh, once again, put spirit in the French. If they miscarry, we miscarry too. That misbegotten devil Falconbridge, in spite of spite, alone upholds the day. They say King John saw sick at the field. Lead me to the revolt of England here. When we were happy, we had other names. It is Chatillon. Wounded to death. Fly, noble English. You are bought and sold. Unthread the rude eye of rebellion and welcome home again, discarded faith. Seek out King John and fall before his feet. For if the French be lords of this loud day, he means to recompense the pains you take by cutting off your heads. Thus hath he sworn an eye with him, and many more with me upon the altar at St. Edmundsbury. Even on that altar where we swore to you, dear amity and everlasting love. May this be possible? May this be true? Have I not hideous death within my view, retaining but a quantity of life, which bleeds away even as a form of wax resolveth from his figure against the fire? 
What in the world should make me now deceive, since I must lose the use of all deceit? Why should I then be false, since it is true that I must die here and live hence by truth? I say again, if Louis do win the day, but even this night your breathing shall expire, paying the fine of rated treachery, even with a treacherous fine of all your lives. Commend me to one, Hubert, with your king. The love of him and this respect besides, for that my grandsire was an Englishman, awakes my conscience to confess all this. We do believe thee, and beshrew my soul, but I love the favour and the form of this most fair occasion, by the which we will untread the steps of damned flight. My arms shall give thee help to bear thee hence, for I do see the cruel pangs of death right in thine eye. Away, my friends, new flight and happy newness that intends old right. Son of heaven, methought, was loath to set, but stayed and made the western welkin blush when English measure backward their own ground in faint retire. <laughs> Bravely came we off, when with a volley of our needless shot and after such bloody toil we bid good night and wound our tattering colours clearly up, last in the field. Where is my prince, the Dauphin? Here? What news? The Count Maloon is slain. The English lords, by his persuasion, are again fallen off, and your supply, which you have wished so long, are cast away and sunk on Goodwin Sands. Ah, foul shrewd news! Beshrew thy very heart. I did not think to be so sad tonight as this hath made me. Who was he that said King John did fly an hour or two before the stumbling night did part our weary powers? Whoever spoke it, it is true, my lord. Well, keep good quarter and good care tonight. The day shall not be up so soon as I to try the fair adventure of tomorrow. Who's there? Speak, ho. Speak quickly, or I shoot. A friend. What art thou? Of the part of England. Hubert, I think. Thou hast a perfect thought. I will upon all hazards well believe thou art my friend. Thou knowest my tongue so well. Who art thou? Who thou wilt, and if thou please, thou mayst befriend me so much as to think I come one way of the Plantagenets. Unkind remembrance. Thou and eyeless knight have done me shame, brave soldier. Pardon me, that any accent breaking from thy tongue should scape the true acquaintance of mine ear. I hear I walk in the black brow of night to find you out. Brief, then. And what's the news? The king, I fear, is poisoned by a monk. I left him almost speechless and broke out to acquaint you with this evil, that you might the better arm yourself to the sudden time than if you had at leisure known of this. Who didst thou leave to tend to his majesty? Well, I know you not. The lords are all come back and brought Prince Henry in their company. For whose request the king hath pardoned them, 
and they are all about his majesty. Withhold thine indignation, mighty heaven, and tempt us not to bear above our power. I'll tell thee, Hubert. Half my power this night, passing these flats, are taken by the tide. These Lincoln washes have devoured them. Myself, well mounted, hardly have escaped. Away before, conduct me to the king. I doubt he will be dead, or ere I come. His Highness yet doth speak, and holds belief that, being brought into the open air, it would allay the burning quality of that fell poison which assaileth him. Let him be brought into the orchard here. Doth he still rage? He is more patient than when you left him. Even now he's sung. Oh, vanity of sickness. Fierce extremes in their continuance will not feel themselves. Death having preyed upon the outward parts leaves them invisible, and his siege is now against the mind. The witchy pricks and wounds with many legions of strange fantasies, which in their throng and press to that last hold confound themselves. Tis strange that death should sing. How fares your majesty? Poisoned, ill-fair, dead, forsook, cast off. None of you will bid the winter come to thrust his icy fingers in my maw, nor let my kingdom's rivers take their course through my burnt bosom, nor entreat the north to make his bleak winds kiss my parched lips and comfort me with cold. Within me is a hell, and there the poison is as a fiend confined to tyrannize on unreprievable condemned blood. Ah, I am scolded with my violent motion and spleen of speed to see your majesty. Oh, cousin, thou art come to set mine eye. The tackle of my heart is cracked and burned. And all the shrouds wherewith my life should sail are turned to one thread. One little hair. My heart hath one poor string to stay it by, which holds but till thy news be uttered. And then all this thou seest is but a clod and module of confounded royalty. The Dauphin is preparing hitherward, where, where heaven he knows how we shall answer him. For in a night the best part of my power, as I upon advantage did remove, wherein the washes all unwarily devoured by the unexpected flood. You breathe these dead news in as dead on here. My liege, my lord, the now a king, now thus. What surety of the world? What hope? What stay? When this was now a king, and now is clay, Art thou gone, sir? I do but stay behind to do the office for thee of revenge. And then my soul shall wait on thee to heaven, as it on earth hath been thy servant still. Now, now, you stars that move in your right spheres, where be your powers? Show now your mended face and instantly return with me again to push destruction and perpetual shame out of the weak door of our fainting land. Straight let us seek, or straight we shall be sought. The Dauphin rages at our very heels. Ah, 
Let us pay the time but needful woe, since it hath been beforehand with our griefs. This England never did, nor never shall, lie at the proud foot of a conqueror, but when it first did help to wound itself. Now come three corners of the world in arms, and we shall shock them. Naught shall make us rue if England to itself do rest but true. King John was written by William Shakespeare. It starred T.J. Lee as John, Christopher Courtney as the Bastard, Mimi Brown as Louis, Andrew Faber as Pembroke, Alan Curtis as Chatillon, Andrea Richardson as Salisbury, Jack Knight as Hubert, Christine Garvey as Pandolf, and Mary Hall and Hannah Rogers as The Messengers. Title music was by Dream Cave, additional music by Epidemic Sound, and sound recording by Gareth Johnson. It was produced and directed by Dario Knight for Unbound. <laughs>